mean, I had a LinkedIn for probably two or three years before I actually started doing anything with it. I don't even think I had a picture on there. It just had my name and like the school I worked at or something. That was it. And let me tell you right now, if that's all you have on LinkedIn, you are getting nowhere. For LinkedIn, the biggest thing is it gives you chances to collaborate and do live events and to literally learn how to do a job search. If you're following the right people, they will tell you for free how to do a job search. I did not just find the job and then quit networking on LinkedIn. I continued to network. And because I did that, whenever I was laid off, several, several people sent referrals my way. And I had at least seven or eight interviews already lined up within two weeks after being laid off. Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Jacobs, and today I am joined with a very special and exciting guest, Beth Grace. Beth, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's been a great day. It's better than last week, so I can't complain. Just digging right in. Yeah, that sounds fun. That sounds good. Um, first of all, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast today to help our listeners with uh, a very, very interesting topic, not just a, a, a theoretical topic, but something that actually you've experienced mm -hmm. and live by today. And that is you managed to effectively land a job without even applying for it by using the power of LinkedIn. And I would love to know how you did it because... Uh, you know, that would be something that would be pretty cool to happen to me too. But I'm sure many people listening might be thinking to themselves, that is such a good thing to be in, to be in a position where your LinkedIn profile speaks for you, as opposed to you kind of kind of doing the job application side of things. But before we get into that, Beth, um, can you just kind of give a brief introduction into yourself, who you are, and what do you do? So I actually come from a background in special education. So that means I would teach students with disabilities of, I mean, across the entire spectrum. And I was in education for about 10 years. And then it got to the point where I just needed a change. I needed more work-life balance. And in education, it was one of those where I would be doing lesson plans until late in the evening. I had 50 students on my caseload. And so that was a whole lot of IEPs, which is their individualized plans for students with disabilities that I had to create. And that's that's just a lot. And so it was starting to negatively impact my time with my family and my personal life and my own just mental well-being. So I'm just like, all right, it's time for a change. So about, I guess it was in June of 2022. Wow, it's been a while. June of 2022, I left the classroom with no plan. Had no idea what I was going to do. So I took the summer to just hang out with my family because we all needed it. And my kiddos, I have two boys and they are school age. So when they went back to school in August, I said, all right, it's time to dig in and figure out what I'm going to do. So when you go into education, you plan to live and die there. You never plan to leave. So I just didn't have any idea even what was out there. So I started doing lots of research and connecting with some amazing, amazing people and found out that project management was kind of where I wanted to be. So I was like, hmm, let's figure out, you know, how does this align to what experience I already had in education? And the more and more I dug in, the more and more I saw that many of the things I did in education really aligned with project management. And you're going to hear a lot of teachers say that, which and it is true, but especially in special education, it's even more so. Um, 
I mean, you do pretty much every single thing that a project manager would ever do. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go after this and figure out what project management is, what kind of roles are there? How do I get a role here? So I connected with some awesome people like Logan Langan, John Connolly, Jeremiah Hannon, and they gave me some great advice. And I ultimately decided to go after project management. I got my CAPM, which is like the first certification in project management last year. Well, not this past November, but the November before, so November 2022. And within, I mean, maybe a week, I did land a role. It was not a project management role. Wow. It Well, it was not project management, though, but it did come with like parts and pieces of it. And so I decided to take Logan Langan's advice where you find the job before the job. And I, I mean, I knew education. I didn't really know a whole lot about tech, but I knew I wanted to know tech. So in order to know tech, I'm like, all right, let's see where like an entry level position where I can figure out what all this lingo is. If you had asked me what a firewall was, I was like a wall that catches on fire. I don't I don't know. <laughs> now I know what it is. Right. So I needed that initial position to be able to learn what all the things were. And there's nothing like fully immersing yourself in a new industry. I can study all I want. Doesn't mean I'm going to understand everything about how a company works and like what does a project manager actually do within an organization? What the heck do engineers do all day? Do they just sit there and twiddle their? Th no, they actually work really hard. So it was just learning how to do all these different things and learning what everything means. So my first role was a client strategy coordinator. I got that position in November. So it was like after I started looking, it was about three to four months afterward that I got that. And I was in that role for about eight months and it was superb. It was so much fun. It was a hybrid role. I got to learn so many cool things, meet so many new people. And then unfortunately I was laid off. It happens, right? It's scary because you don't have a backup plan for that either. And I was like, huh, okay, what can I do? I can either be down in the dumps and get upset about it. Or I can be like, you know what? This is a chance to like, maybe this was just the world's way of saying, Hey, you've learned what you need to learn here. Time to get out there and kick some booty and find something else. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So yeah. I started upskilling some more in tech because um, I, I, I loved it. I wanted to stay there. And then I continued upskilling in project management. And I did end up getting my PMP um, this past November. So November 2023, about a year after I had gotten the CAPM. So just for anybody out there that might be curious, go for the PMP if you've got three years of experience rather than the CAPM. I didn't know I had the experience. And that's why I went with the CAPM first. Now, get the PMP. Um, and so now I am in a really unique role that I would have never even thought existed or even thought to apply for. I found this role with, through LinkedIn, but I never actually applied. They reached out to me and I am a systems administrator. So I help manage the back end, the technical back end of our internal portfolio management system. And so it's kind of like the perfect amount of project management and tech. I, I've loved both. And so it's like, if you don't know project management, you won't know how to manage this system effectively. You won't be able to train people on how to do it. And you won't be able to provide different types of resources that they may need. So you have to really understand project management, life cycles, how everybody is incorporated into their different roles in order to effectively manage the system. And then as well, you got to know some tech stuff to make sure you manage it right. So it's perfect. I've been enjoying it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible journey. What an incredible journey Crazy. with with a lot of like, how can I put it with a lot of like steps forward, but then something happens, take a step back and then step forward, something happens, take a step back. And in spite of all of that, you, just, you kind of have this attitude to keep going, keep pressing on forward. I want to take you back just really quickly to the moment where you were 
you know, change in careers mm-hmm. effectively. So 2022 sort of time and you were putting in the work, mm-hmm. you know, you were knocking on doors, but I'm assuming many doors were not opening for you because they're looking at your CV saying, you're not quite what we're looking for because you don't have the experience of what we're looking for. You know, a lot of people are in that position right now and they might be listening to this saying, I'm also trying to get into tech or whatever field, um, most likely going to be business analysis. And they're saying to themselves, I'm currently working in education or in healthcare or whatever. And I'm just struggling. I've been applying for jobs. So I've done my CV. I've reviewed my CV a thousand times, but like on my resume a thousand times and um, nothing's opening up for me. You know, did you have the similar experience and how did you, how did you kind of manage manage that? Oh, I love this question. So yes, I did have that problem and I could not figure out what the heck I was doing. I was putting in the work. I was putting in that time. I was learning things. I was putting in applications. I thought my resume looked stellar. I'm just like, why don't they want me? I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty awesome. I'm a big deal guys. <laughs> and that's like, some, that's what a lot of times people think through their head. And it came down to a few different things. Um, one of the biggest things was if you are purely focusing on applying for jobs and sending in resumes and not focusing on LinkedIn. So let's just focus on applying for jobs in the resume aspect. Um, a lot of times you're right. That experience does play a role. And if I wanted to go and be a project manager, but I had never had the title and I had no experience in that new industry, you have to really, really be able to effectively translate what you did in your previous career and how it relates to your new career. So, or, mm-hmm. you know, your new intended career. And so the issues that I was running into is whenever I would do a resume, I was doing, I was putting in my responsibilities, right? I was going in and I was saying what I did on an everyday basis. Cool. That's what everybody does, right? If you want to stand out, you have to put in your achievements, And I'm not just saying, hey, I I did this, this, and this. You need to make it, we call it, here we say, you know, in education, you have SMART goals. And in lots of industries, you have SMART goals. Rather than a SMART goal, have SMART achievements. Make it specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Make your achievements that you put in, in your experience, in your resume, follow that guideline, and you will have the metrics that you need to stand out. So that was a huge like job changer for me whenever I started doing that. And the first, whenever I was looking for my first role, I kid you not, I started doing that on my resume. And I mean, before this, I had zero interviews. After I did this, mm. I had like five or six within two weeks. Wow! So that was a huge, huge thing. And then If you want to jump to my, I guess I would call it my second career change after my layoff. I kind of went through a little bit of the same thing. Um, I was like, you know what, let's, let's go back for, you know, looking for roles that are project manager. And in the beginning, I did get some interviews, but it was because I had built a network and I was getting referrals through net uh, through LinkedIn. It wasn't because of my resume. And so eventually those referrals die out you have to go back to the square one of applying and putting in resumes. So I was doing that and, but I wasn't really getting a whole lot of bites here and there, but not, not what I needed, not what I was hoping for. And I was like, huh, now what's the difference? Well, in project management, especially in the past three to four years, that world has changed drastically because you have tons of teachers that are leaving the classroom right now 
And a lot of them are going after project management because they know how that experience aligns. So in order to stand out now in project management, you almost have to have a certification. You don't always have to. I'm not going to say every single time. If you have amazing experience and interview skills, you might be that stellar person that they find. But a lot of times to even get to the interview part now, you kind of have to have a certification. And it's almost to the point where it has to be the PMP rather than the CAPM, the first one, because with the PMP to even qualify to take it, you have to have three years of documented project management experience. So they know you've done the job. So even whenever before I even started, before I took my PMP exam, I added PMP candidate to my resume once I got accepted to take the actual exam. And that opened a huge amount of doors. So sometimes it's they're looking for certifications. They want experience. Cool. You might have experience and so might someone else, but that someone else is going to have that certification. So sometimes you can't really change it unless you're willing to go after that certification and make yourself no longer part of the low crowd. Make yourself more, uh, highlight your skills and really highlight and meet what they're looking for. Meet their qualifications, I guess is the way to say it. So Mm -hmm. that was a huge thing too. (laughs) Mm, No, honestly, thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people are in that position. You know, I was in that position myself. So I know intimately how it feels like to kind of look at your CV a million times, change a couple of words and just kind of feel like, really, (laughs) what's going on here? So thank you for sharing that. But in the midst of all of that, it certainly and definitely sounds like LinkedIn still has a role to play, particularly for us when we're looking for jobs, right? Absolutely. Um, So let's let's start from the basics then. You know, why is it important? What role does LinkedIn play? and, And why is it important for us to, uh, or people who are looking for jobs, should I say, to have a LinkedIn presence? a great question too. You got lots of good ones. Okay. Um, so as far as needing a LinkedIn profile, I think it actually might more so even depend on the industry that you're trying to get into, because I'll, I'll be honest in education, they don't care if you have a LinkedIn profile or not. They really don't. They're hardly ever really going to look unless you're trying to get into some sort of ed tech. And that's kind of where I'm seeing more of LinkedIn is more tech focused. Um, Lots of people that are looking for remote positions, it's a lot easier to find that on LinkedIn because you can look at Indeed or several of these other job sites, but a lot of times it's just going to be harder to filter through. So for me specifically, I was more interested in getting into the tech side of things. And it can be healthcare tech, it can be education tech, it can be you know, state tech, any of it, because a lot of those will find their way to LinkedIn. But tech is in everything, which is why I decided to go after it. It's in every industry. So I was like, the world is my oyster. So I can go after anything and I'll find a role somewhere. And, um, and, you know, I did. But for LinkedIn, the biggest thing is it, it, it just it broadens your horizons so much. You can meet so many amazing people in so many other industries that do similar roles to what you do. It gives you chances to collaborate and do live events and to literally learn how to do a job search. If you're following the right people, they will tell you for free how to do a job search. Just find their content, connect with them several times. They'll even say, like, if you want a coffee chat, coffee chats are kind of the rage right now ask them for a coffee chat. They'll be happy to meet with you most of the time. Now, granted, if they're busy, you got to respect that. But several people are willing to do so. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a free resource. 
So why not utilize it for what it is? It's also got so many opportunities to upskill. LinkedIn Learning has so many amazing things. And you can, I think you can do a free trial for one or two months of LinkedIn and you can get access to all that content for free. <laughs> so use it. Mm. Um, there's all, so many cool things on there. And, mm. but for me, especially, I, whenever I found my first job back, you know, right after I left education, I did not just find the job and then quit, you know, networking on LinkedIn. I continued to network. And because I did that, whenever I was laid off, several, several people sent referrals my way. And I had at least seven or eight interviews already lined up within two weeks after being laid off. Granted, none of them ended up being the right fit for me, but they were there. That was huge. And then I had several opportunities that like down the line because they saw posts that I was doing or they saw my friends that I built on LinkedIn. They were amazing. They went out of their way. They were like, oh, Beth got laid off. Guys, come on. We got to help this girl find a job. So they were making all these posts about me and my face was on. I mean, those pictures can get pretty big. My face was all over yeah. people's great and so many people were so supportive and it was amazing I got to meet um just so many people through that process and then especially you know after I continued posting and networking and I learned how to update my resume again which is actually how I ended up finding like it helped me with my current role um, I updated my resume because of a content someone else had posted. Her name's Melissa Chapman, has an amazing template for anybody that out there that is looking to, you know, update your resume. It's fantastic. Go use it if you are not. It Within changing to her template, I had, I think I had six interviews within one week and I had 12 within two weeks. So oh my I, my full-time job then changed to interviewing. Because I was exhausted by the end of each day, but you know, you have to research a little bit for each company, make sure that you're interviewing well. And I, I ended up getting two other offers before I even accepted this one. So it just was a game changer. So use LinkedIn for the, what you need it to, um, but it can be so useful and helpful. There's so many things you touched on. Oh my goodness, so many things. Um, you know, you're touching on networking and the power of that network that you get from LinkedIn. You touched on kind of development and learning and growth and then taking those learnings to apply, like improving your CV from someone's teachings or mm -hmm. standing out in an interview and things like that. Um, and then just kind of LinkedIn being this um, online presence that you have that makes you... Uh, what's the word? Attractive, I guess, to recruiters that I'm thinking of, um, and all this, and all these other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, you, we all need LinkedIn, I think, especially if you're serious about your career. I would, I would definitely say that. Um, so, th let's thinking about the person then who's kind of listening to listening to this and saying either I don't have a LinkedIn or my LinkedIn is like. It's just there, but I don't really, there's no picture on myself. There's nothing about my career. You know, I'm, it's, it's whatever. I just created it whenever. And, and that's all I do with it. Just kind of break down at a high level anyway. Uh, what kind of, what kind of things could make an actual profile stand out? Right. Cause there's all, all these things that you need to do on your profile, which of them are really important, particularly for like standing out to recruiters and which are the ones that typically people might ignore that actually costing them the um, the phone call from a recruiter. 
Great, great question. So in addition to everything that I had like was doing as far as building a network, posting and everything, I did go in and optimize my profile. And it took it took several passes before it got to where it was all right. You know, it took a lot of uh, just revisions. Mm -hmm. And so I used to be one of those people like what you said that I mean, I had a LinkedIn for probably two or three years before I actually started doing anything with it. I don't even think I had a picture on there. It just had my name and like the school I worked at or something. That was it. Mm. Um, and let me tell you right now, if that's all you have on LinkedIn, you are getting nowhere, nowhere as far as like recruiters reaching out to you to um, like with possible positions. It's not going to happen. So one of the biggest things whenever you're on LinkedIn is you want to have a professional appearance, right? You want to come across as a professional that knows your stuff. And one of the ways you do that is having a good headshot, right? You want to have a good one. And I cannot tell you how many times I have seen transitioning educators will just use their school headshot. Guys, we can tell that that is your school headshot. It makes a difference, right? Like we see that we automatically know teacher, bye, you know? So any transitioning educators out there, maybe don't use your school headshot. I've seen a lot of people that are, it's either really blurry or you can definitely tell it was like one of those really badly taken phone selfies. Guys, We, yeah. they can tell. They can tell. So what I would highly recommend doing is, you know, take a photo of yourself that looks nice. And what I did was, as I actually utilized Canva, you can also get a free like one month trial on there. Use Canva. They have a feature where you can erase the background, choose a cool snappy color. I like blue. So mine's blue. And it, it, that right there already makes you look so much more professional. We don't need all the background noise. Stand out a little bit. Make it, make it your own. And so I, I didn't just take a photo. I, um, actually did a video on TikTok, just one of the draft ones. And TikTok has a way, like, has some of those filters that automatically smooth all of these wrinkles. <laughs> So I, I took a TikTok video and let it smooth out my wrinkles. And then I took a screenshot of the TikTok video and then put it in the Canva and did that. So that's what I did. Okay. Be creative however you Love need it. to be, but that's what I did. Um, so in addition to a headshot, you want to kind of have a good banner. Obviously, LinkedIn has some of those pre-stenciled banners that you can use guys, they know what those look like. So they know you didn't put a whole lot of effort into your profile if you don't have your own banner. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy, but generally you're going to want it to represent you or like what your industry is, what your role is, or represent your brand. And that's kind of what you want your banner to show. And your banner pops up whenever they are doing searches. Um, like whenever you're looking for people on LinkedIn, you see their banner as a little bitty thing above their headshot. They kind of see the same mm -hmm. thing. So make your banner speak for you. Um, your headline, your headline is a big one because whenever you are in the comments of anybody's post, the first thing they're going to see is your little bitty headshot. And then I think it's like the first 45 characters of your headline. Make those first 45 characters really count. If you're interested in project management, put project management in there. Make it snappy somehow. If you're inter interested in being a business analyst, make sure that people know that that's what you're interested in because that's going to be the first thing they look at. A lot of times people will do like a open to hire or they'll be mm -hmm. post specific roles. So if you are mm -hmm. commenting, you want them to know that you're looking for that. Um, yeah. 
couple of other things. Make sure there there's a skills section on LinkedIn, oh, yeah. and you can list up to fifty different skills. Use them all. Use them all. Don't oh, just really? have a couple. Use them all. Um, because whenever recruiters are going in, they can search by skill and you'll pop up because that skill is actually on your profile. Have a good about me section. A lot of times people will have this little bitty blurb of a paragraph. Guys, that's not eye catching at all. It's not. Put some sparkle in there. You want to add a little bit of emojis? Go ahead, but make it tasteful. Don't overdo the emojis, but make it tasteful. Break it apart. Don't have just one little paragraph. Space it out because white space in this case is your friend. Okay. Because I mean, think about it. If you're looking at a paragraph as opposed to a couple of things broken down, like with bullet points, which one is more eye-catching to you? Which one's more interesting? Which one will you read more? The bullet points. So break it apart a little bit. Um, Let's see. I think I had, oh, work history. Guys, put your work history yes. in there. That's important. And don't just say where you worked. There's an option to be able to put in actually what you did. And once again, just the same as on your resume, do not put this as duties that you did or responsibilities, put it in as smart achievements, put those metrics in there. It has power. Recruiters do go look at that whenever you show up on their list. And that's how they found me. I did all of these things. Um, I checked off several of their skill requirements. So I was kind of like up there in that list. I also happen to live kind of close to where they're at, even though my position is fully remote, it did help mm. that I live within the state that they were looking to hire for. So that was important. Um, and then they saw it and they were like, Ooh, cool profile. All right, let's go talk to her. And that's how they found me. I did all of these things. And that's, that's how I stood out. And it didn't hurt that I had, you know, quite a few followers on here either. So if you're, you know, scared to go in there and start posting guys, do it. it your first few posts are going to be not great. Anyway, they're going to be trash. It's okay. Go back and look at my very first few posts. They were awful. <laughs> they're a lot better now. You learn how to do it as you go, but you got to start somewhere. Mm. So just get out there and do it. Mm. It's fun. So those were a lot of the things that kind of helped me stand out and for her to be able to find me. <laughs> right. Right. So, okay. So, so thank you for breaking that down for us and really explaining all the intricate areas of LinkedIn. Um, I did not know that recruiters can search by skill and then mm -hmm pretty much if you hit the boxes or the more boxes you hit the higher up you become on the on the search list effectively that's that's something i did on us so thank you for sharing that yeah. um there's there's two other things that you touched on and you t also touched on this earlier that i want to touch on so networking first one so you mentioned earlier that uh, when you were now looking for kind of new roles again your network kind of stood behind you and you know people were kind of referring you even to openings that you went to be interviewed for so that's kind of the first mm -hmm. thing about networking uh, on that front but obviously all of these are LinkedIn right mm -hmm. you kind of uh, relationships you've built on LinkedIn you also mentioned about followers and connections and at the minute you've got seven over 7,200 uh, followers on LinkedIn as of this time of recording, uh, which I'm sure it continues to grow every day. Yes, <laughs> continues to grow every day. But even you, you started at zero followers, right? And you probably started at zero connections. So how, how do you build this, this genuine connection with people on LinkedIn? Because most people kind of send you a DM, hey, Beth, hey, Beth, uh, good connect, full stop, you know? <laughs> so, Thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> How do you like, yeah, what's, what's your, what's your tactics and trips on tips even on um, just, just building that genuine connection with people that they will then actually stand behind your back when you, you know, when you get laid off a job. 
type of thing? That is a lovely question. So you're right. I did kind of start out at nowhere and I didn't even know how to start. So I actually, Mm. like, like I told you, I started researching, I was interested in project management. So I started researching project management and connecting with some of the people I knew were some of the bigger names there. And then I followed their content to see how they posted. So I kind of studied what they were posting about, how they posted, how it looked. Um, And that really helped with at least the posting piece. But as far as building genuine connections, that is a big one. So back whenever I was doing my job search, and I think it is still true now, it was highly recommended to get over 500 connections. So 500 or more, because whenever you have a solid 500 connections, that is where you're starting to really build a network. You're really starting to see people in other industries. They're starting to see you and what you're posting. And for some reason at that time, whenever recruiters were searching, you would appear higher up in the algorithm because you had over 500 connections. I think it's still that case, but I I can't attest to that 100% anymore. So it may still be true. But so there are things called social Saturdays. If you have not been to one, cool, come join the party. There are several people out there that will make a big old post. And it's literally just a place to go and build connections. You can go through pretty much anybody that posts on there. That is them saying or comments on there. They're saying, hey, you can connect with me today and I will accept you pretty much no matter what, unless you're just really creepy. So just don't do that. But (laughs) they will accept you. And so I think I went on to Social Saturday um, for several, there was like three or four big names at the time. There were several people that do it now for uh, some transitioning teachers. I know Nikki Bromley does a really good one and Carolina Baker, I think does a really good one. So anybody that's interested in that. But essentially my first goal was to build up over 500 connections because, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted wanted to stand out to recruiters too, you know? So I got Mm -hmm. to that 500 connections. Then at that point was where I really started being pickier about, how I built my connections, who I built them with, the relationships that I could build with them. And I focused more on the project management community, the tech community, um, other people that spread positivity, because that's one of the things I love to do is just sprinkle that positivity everywhere I can in an authentic way and help, you know, improve mindsets because I can find silver linings in anything, guys. So, (laughs) So I was looking for other people that were like minded in that. And so I started posting about that. And whenever I started posting, people would naturally start gravitating towards what I had to say. And so then they would comment and I'd like their comment. I'd be like, okay, let's get in the comments and start having conversations. Comments are where you actually build those relationships. That's where it starts. You have to like actively get engaged in commenting. Even if you're too afraid to post, don't, you don't have to start out with posting, start out in the comments, go there, put something like engaging on there, ask a question, say, add a little bit more to what they're already saying. Um, Mm. You know, and that's where you start it. You start those conversations there. Then you can move over to the DMs. And then once you slide Mm. into their DMs and you talk a little bit there, then you can ask for those coffee chats. And then that's when you start to get to know people a little bit better. And you can talk about things you like, don't like. You can ask for that advice that you've been looking for. That's what I did. I was just like, and I I hardly spent any money during my job search. I'm someone who's very frugal and I do not like having to spend money unless I have to. So uh, the most money I spent was on the, I think it was the Google Coursera project management course and the project management certifications. But I never once applied, like hired anybody to do my resume or to give me advice or for coffee chats or anything like that. 
because I was slowly building those uh, relationships. So that way they were, they mm. were offering it for free because they were really nice. And I took the time yeah. to actually get to know them. And they knew that I wasn't just saying, Hey, tell me what you know. I was actually genuinely interested in what they had. So that's how it started out. And now I post content a lot. It, a lot of it is for transitioning educators, project management, uh, positive mindset. And so people now start just following me for it. So I don't know how it happened, but this all happened within the past year and a half. So honestly it's incredible i think it's incredible it's really it really is incredible and i think i think it goes to show that all of this what we're saying if i'm to like really think about it back to the job seekers kind of mindset you know someone might be thinking well what's the point of all of this if i'm looking for a job you know what i mean but it's like actually like all of this kind of helps to build your professional brand and to build your network and even maybe to level up your skills in terms of how to do your resume and interview skills and all the rest of it, which then all leads to you have being more likely to be uh, approached or even chosen after an interview. Yep. And I think all of this kind of makes sense and adds up. So it's not, it's not just social media for the sake of social media. You know, sometimes some of them are, but actually with, with LinkedIn, it does have that direct link to it's your career opportunities yes exactly very very intentional um but yeah so it sounds like you're saying to, to to people you can't just be in the shadows on linkedin just liking posts and just moving on you need to be commenting and maybe even creating comment uh, posts yourself mm-hmm. eventually like if okay. it is baby steps right everything is yes. the small steps to getting to your big goal and that is something i always say is celebrate every small step that you have so when you get brave enough to start actually finally commenting on posts, great job. Be proud of yourself because that's scary in and of itself. I remember I was that person yeah. and I'm pretty outgoing. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm pretty outgoing. <laughs> and so um, I was even kind of nervous about it. And so I finally just, I was like, maybe they're going to think I'm dumb. And they never did. Like if, if they mm. didn't like my comment, they just didn't respond to it. They, <laughs> they're, mm. you know, no pain, no gain. It was fine. So um mm. Uh, you know, just get brave enough to get out there and start posting and then celebrate that. And then, or I mean, commenting. And then whenever you feel comfortable commenting and you start building some more of those authentic relationships and you start seeing how other people's successful posts are doing it, follow their format. I mean, and all in mm. all honesty, if you don't know where to even start posting, cause I get that question a lot is how do you, how do you come up with new ideas all the time? I'm like, mm. if you think about it, every idea that's ever been had has probably been thought of by somebody. So what you're really doing is if you see a really, really good post that you really just love, but put your own, put your own spin on it. Take that idea, take that topic, take that subject and rehash it out in your own words, put your own spin on it, add a little bit more to it. And that's how you start posting. It's not just by creating all these cool things out of your head. It doesn't happen that way. Just Mm. find some really good uh, content creators that really speak to you. Look at their content, follow their topics. And then after a while, you're just like, huh you know what? I like what they have to say, but you know what? I think that if I take it in this direction, it might be even more beneficial for maybe educators or business analysts or project managers. And so just put your little Mm -hmm. spin on it. And then that's how you start posting. Mm -hmm. And people will, I promise you, people will eventually start to like what you have to say. Mm. And I mean, they'll get to know you. So that's just really how it works. Yes, yes, yes. There's no point trying to, you know, create something new uh, or reinvent the wheel. Just do what works because mm-hmm. 
if some if it working for somebody else is working for everybody else is following the same formula so i definitely agree with that now on the topic of posting mm-hmm. uh, there is one one backlash about linkedin that people say and that's that linkedin can feel a bit pretentious and even a bit cringe uh, with some of the posts that you do see on LinkedIn. I'll be honest, I have come across some of them that are just a bit like, all right then, like, okay, right. Like, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel authentic. But I have to say, you do a fantastic job at being authentic. I've, I've, you're one of the few who I read your post and it's like, it's not just a good read, but it's genuine. I can read, I can almost feel your passion from the post and feel your personality from the post. Oh, you know? um, and I think you do, do a very, very good job at doing that. What's your secret? Um, be you. Uh, you're going to start out like, and like I said, seriously, if you ever get a chance, go back and look at my first few posts. They probably were cringe in all honesty. I mean, you go back and you're like, Ooh, okay, she tried. And then you move on. And <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way about it whenever I go back and look at them. Um, You just eventually start finding your voice. You start feeling more comfortable. You start adding in those quirky little details about yourself that you were afraid to let anyone else know before because you thought that they would judge you for it. Like for me, for example, for the longest time, I was too nervous or I guess scared to say that I love playing video games and I love watching anime and Korean dramas. But you would never know that based on how I was first, you know, posting. And so I just started adding in like little tidbits here and there. And I was like, oh, people would latch Mm -hmm. on to those because they also enjoy those little quirky details that I do. And so, you know, I started adding that a little bit to my posts. And then I think a lot of people for the cringe aspect are starting to use ChatGPT for their posts. And I have seen people using ChatGPT for their resumes. And it is a great tool to uh, use However, it will always add in like some very superfluous adjectives in there and we can tell. (laughs) And so it like chat GPT in and of itself can be very cringe in the way it words things. Mm -hmm. And so you just, you have to make it into your own voice, take out some of those, you know, not so humble words because (laughs) you can be confident without like not being humble. You know what I mean? You can show who you are without saying I'm all of that and a bag of chips. So you you can be confident without overdoing that. But I mean, you eventually find your own writing style and it just it just takes time and getting practice and mm-hmm. getting more comfortable out there, realizing that people are not going to judge you. Now, granted, I did have one post that went slightly viral like last year mm. and it had something to do with recruiters. And hey, recruiters <laughs> are people too. be kind to them. They have lives outside of this. So if they can't get back to you. You know, it, it does suck, but that's okay because just give them a little bit of grace. They they are also people mm. too. Um, and mm. I did get a lot of positive and a lot of negative on that because everybody... I was about to say, yeah. there must have been a big war in the comments. And, but you know what, though? That one post skyrocketed a lot of, you know, what came after as far as my posting. I did like several posts after that just to kind of go and talk about different aspects of it and it was so much fun and even the negativity there you're always going to have some really bad comments sometimes if you have if you post something mm-hmm. like that that is so opinionated <laughs> and that was yep. my one very like super opinionated post <laughs> and but yep. it was it wasn't negative in the way that it made me feel like i had said something wrong because i didn't you can express your opinion without doing it in a very harsh or mean way. And you're always going to get some super negative, negative ones, but respond with kindness 
and just say, you know what, this is okay. Like I love having a healthy debate. So we can agree to disagree. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means that I view it differently and that's okay. So just going in with that mindset that there's, there's going to be negativity everywhere. It's, it's a social media platform in and of itself. You're going to have some negative naysayers on there. Don't let it get to you. Move on. Be like, okay, you're just another person. You're having a rough day. Cool. I get it. Move on. Do not even touch on it. Move on. Um, and once you get more comfortable with that, it's it's just so much easier to create content because it's just like, you know what? I'm going to be me. And if people don't like it, that's okay. There's an unfollow button. There's yep. a block button even. Block me. I don't care. There is. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beth, it has been such an insightful conversation. Uh, thank you for really breaking down LinkedIn to us. Absolutely. Not just how to set up a profile, but how to show up and be active and also how to build a genuine connection of uh, people via LinkedIn and a network on LinkedIn that kind of goes beyond the the um, kind of the, the, the basic level, right? A mm-hmm. um, couple of questions before we kind of bring this to a close. The first one is uh, probably, probably pretty obvious based on this conversation, but where is the best place for people to connect with you and reach out to you and pick your brain about everything we've discussed today? LinkedIn's the best place to get a hold of me, peeps. Um, you know, I have a Gmail, but I don't actually give it out that much because it's it's my more professional Gmail. So you ain't going to get that anyway, unless for some reason we have a reason to connect further on that. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there. <laughs> Might take me a couple days to respond, but I will. <laughs> you will. Yes, I will put your um, LinkedIn uh, URL in the show notes. So click on that link and connect with Beth. Uh, and it'd be pretty cool if you tell her you come from the podcast. That'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so thinking about the moment when a recruiter reached out to you then and said, I'd love to discuss a role with you. You'd be a good fit for the job, X, Y, Z. And then they said to you, I've reached out to you because of your LinkedIn profile. How did that, how did that feel? How did that moment feel for you? And how was that experience like? So um, <laughs> that's a really great question because I did not have the typical response someone would have. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a scam. Okay. They have, I was just like, I- I'm one of those people that if I get a scam uh, phone call, I'll play along with it. And I'll, like, if you want to waste my time, I'll waste yours. So I thought it was a scam at first. And so I was just like, cool, you want to waste my time? I'll waste yours. Let's go. <laughs> and so I, I actually, ended, I mean, I responded to it very professionally, but the whole time I'm just like, yeah, this is a scam. I'm never going to actually meet with, you know, people from that organization ever. So I'm like, sure, let's just see what this is. So I asked for the job description, see what it looked like. And uh, she sent me the job description. I'm like, okay, cool. But I went to the website and there was no posting there. And I'm like, hmm, that's a red flag. Knew it was a scam. I didn't find out until later, but I was wrong. Um, so the recruiting agency, I'm actually contracted. So I'm a, I am work through a recruiting agency called Brooksource. And so they kind of get first dibs, first pick on uh, the organizations, like the candidates that they get to see for open roles. I didn't know that at the time. I'm just like, eh, whatever. So anyway, I thought it was a scam. So I agreed to uh, interview with this lady. An actual person showed up. I'm like, cool. Okay. So they're going pretty far for this scam. So let's see, let's just see where this goes. And so she was like, yeah, I mean, I love your experience. I love your, you know, how everything aligns. I love your profile. This, this, and this really stood out to me. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, sure it did. (laughs) And so 
so she's like, well, you know what? I'd love to set you up with an interview with, you know, the people from this organization. I'm like, cool. I was expecting like to hop on a call with people that had Gmails at the, like a Gmail account or a weird Yahoo one or something. And so I, I did prepare a little bit just in case it was actually real, but I wasn't expecting much. I hop on this call and there's all these big, important people from the organization. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is real. Oh, okay. So that's whenever I actually started acting like it was a real, a real possibility. Oh my God. <laughs> so this literally just landed in my lap. I'm like, Psh, whatever. And at this time, I also had seven or eight other companies that I was actively interviewing for. So I was like, this will be my fun practice one. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, Never yeah. thinking this would be the one I would actually end up uh, agreeing to sign on with. So <laughs> thought it was a scam. That is, that is incredible. That, I mean, <laughs> it's just incredible. <laughs> Good thing you played along rather than shooting them down, I guess. Right. Right. Um, I was just like, you never know. Look, look where you are now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lesson in itself there. Yeah. Um, it was, it was awesome. So lesson is just if our, if our creator reaches out, at least play along, you know, because it, yeah, it could actually exactly. be real. Now, granted, there are plenty of people out there that will send you scam ones, and it will be very obvious usually that it's a scam. But if it's not obvious, mm -hmm. play along a little bit, and but be mindful of all the important things, like never give out super personal information, never give out, you know, any sort of banking information. So just be safe when you do it. But, I mean, yeah. they're going to waste your time. You can have a little fun, too. <laughs> Might be real. Oh, my goodness. It might be exactly. It might actually be real and lead to a very exciting opportunity for you, even a job like I did with you, Beth, which is incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and the last question in closing is: um, <laughs> last question in closing is this: What is if you're to pick one thing um, that you want our listeners to leave with today, with this whole conversation? What would that one thing be? Ooh, okay. So if you are not having any luck and you are feeling down in the dumps because you are not getting to where you're wanting to be, you've been putting in all of this work and you have no idea why you're not being able to get to where you want to be and you're about to give up. I want to encourage you not to give up because guys, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It does take time to go and find the right path though. So what I'm saying is there there are people out there that post all kinds of content in every which way, but find those authentic connections, find those people that you really like resonate with their content and don't give up because you can do it. It takes some elbow grease. It might take some upskilling. If you're going to do all of that, do your research. That's the other part. If Don't just go into a job search without having some sort of targeted approach. Create yourself a plan. It is very, very important. Do a little bit of research first. Figure out what the heck you want to do. Figure out what kind of roles kind of go with that. Figure out the most important skills. It could, And when I say skills, I'm, I usually mean hard skills, not soft skills. Mm -hmm. At this point, I found out very, it was like one of the hardest lessons I learned in, an, in, in the middle of an interview. They already expect you to have all the soft skills. They expect it. If you're applying, they already expect it. So don't even bother putting the like soft skills in the skills section of your resume. Don't even. 
because they already expect you to have it. They want you to have those hard skills. And it was a very valuable lesson that I learned. And it literally revamped my entire job search. So go after those hard skills. They're, it's not hard. You can spend literally two days working on how to do something that might seem really hard. Salesforce, not hard. Sounds hard. Not hard. Go in. They got a free trial. Try it out. Um, so find those. Just make it a very targeted job search approach. And if you're floundering and you have no idea where to start, send me a message. I'll see if I can help. Beth, it has been such a pleasant, exciting, and refreshing conversation. Thank you so much for sharing with us your words of wisdom and all things with how to how to show up and stand out on LinkedIn. Uh, and then at the back of that, lead uh, into a potential job offer based on your LinkedIn profile. Um, congratulations on your journey. It's really exciting to see that it's happened for you. And because it's happened for you, I definitely wanted to speak to you about it and um, you know, use your story as an encouragement for other people out there who are also in the same position as, as you've touched on. So once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it, you're a wonderful person, guys. If you're not watching the podcast or following or subscribing, do it. He's awesome. Um, so thanks for having me. It's been an honor. I appreciate it. <laughs>